Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Empire. Deal back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took a in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, is mine? We're not going to be fucking sunk this year with the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us today. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, and as always, my brother, Noel. Noel, how's everything going on your end? Everything's good. How about you? See how I did that? Great. Yeah. Oh, man. He flipped it on me again. I never know. (laughs) Just full of surprises. Uh, I don't know. I'm... Same old shit, different day. Yeah, you know? right. No, it's I'm starting to transition back to work a little bit. We're in the I don't know whatever phase we're in at this point for the COVID shit, and you know, starting to go back to work a couple of days. I really don't know how I went to work five days a week. I mean, now I'm going back like twice, and I'm, I'm clawing at the walls, man. I'm like, man, how did I do this commute and everything else five days a week? But you know, hey, got to pay the bills. I'm still working from home. How's how's traffic out there, buddy? How's a rat race? It's good, uh, and apparently it's it's fine. Trent Williams did all right with it. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you could really could open things up out there, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm killing it. <laughs> all right, so uh, let me get through this real quick. We have an Instagram page, Beltway underscore Sports underscore Bros underscore Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Beltway Bro Pod. We also have a Facebook group. So search groups and type in our name, Beltway Sports Bros. Also, please check us out at EmpireMedia.com and all the other network podcasts. One last thing, please subscribe or follow and also download the episodes. Depending on what podcast app you use, it's 100% free. All subscribing does is download the newest episode automatically so you don't have to search for it. Finally, our conversation with the new Washington football team play-by-play announcer, Mr. Bram Weinstein, will be coming up later in the show. But to start... According to Sports Illustrated, World Wrestling Entertainment, (laughs) or WWE, is building a structure called the Thunderdome in the Amway. God, that that name. I don't don't even know how to say it. I mean, even the name is a joke. All right, all right. Just just, just give me a chance here. (laughs) In the... In the Amway Center, it's in Orlando. It's going to debut this Friday on SmackDown. They have an open-ended agreement with the arena and all their TV events, and it's going to be there for the foreseeable future. WWE's VP of TV production, Kevin Dunn, was asked about it and said, quote, Like the NBA, we're doing virtual fans, but we're also creating an arena-type atmosphere. We won't have a flat board. We'll have rows and rows and rows of fans. We'll have almost a thousand LED boards, and it will recreate the arena experience you're used to seeing with WWE. 
This is going to let us have a WrestleMania-level production value. We are also going to put arena audio into the broadcast, similar to baseball, but our audio will be mixed with the virtual fans. So when fans start to chant, we'll hear them. End quote. Before you say anything. (laughs) I'm not bringing this up because it's wrestling, Noel, okay? Just first and foremost. I've been actually saying this since this pandemic started and since sports stopped, that the NBA should have done something like this now, really, and they had time to figure it out. You agreed. Just wanted to let you know that. But, you know, this is the kind of thing that obviously would be difficult for football and baseball. And But I think basketball and hockey could definitely do it, arena-type sports. And whatever you have to say about the product, and it's fair, trust me, it's not great, but WWE's TV productions are the best in the industry. If you have seen what WrestleMania looks like, for instance, it's, it's outrageous, the amount of money they put into these productions and stages and things like that. You know, I have no doubt it's going to be top-notch, and it sounds really cool, and it'll give the fans an interactive experience, which I think is something that we all need right now. And another thing, sports has copied WWE's model for years. These intros that you get riled up for games, all those types of things, that was a WWE thing. And the NBA and NFL kind of followed suit, UFC especially. They'll never admit it, and I'm sure you won't either, but they do. So if this COVID thing lasts through next year, which by all accounts it probably will, these leagues, especially the ones in the arenas, are going to follow suit. I promise you. Now, go ahead and destroy You done? Yeah, I am. I think it's very cool. You reek of inferiority complex. You really do. Like the the wah-wah, we don't get our credit, we're legit. It's so pathetic, Matt. It really is. It just reeks of the the guy knocking on the door that the cool kids won't let in. It's just so sad. <laughs> NBA doesn't need accepted, this though. shit. You guys do. And I'm saying you as WWF, WWE, whatever the fuck they're called. You guys need this crap. The, oh, you don't know what they're called? The, the, yeah. the, NBA, <laughs> the NBA doesn't need this. You know what people go to see? They go to see LeBron. They don't need to see yappy 1,000 fans in the crowd. You know what a 1,000 fans sounds like in a crowd, Matt? It sounds like a WNBA game. That's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know what it's going to sound like? You're going to hear kids like, eh, or some whiny kid in a Rey Mysterio mask sitting in the crowd. Oh, you know him? Yeah, no, I, I, hey, I, I, I've done my research. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. I'm force-fed <laughs> this garbage by you, so just by osmosis, I know some of this shit. But at the end of the day, hockey and the NBA... They needed to put out a product as quickly as possible and as seamlessly as possible. They did it in the best manner in which they could possibly do it. They have a court, they have refs, they have audio, and they have screens. What the hell else do we need? What do you want, LeBron to come in with pyrotechnics around? What is it, a fucking KISS concert? You completely agreed when I said this before. What are you talking about? I'll give you a specific. You were talking about that idiot rapper. What the hell is his name? The guys can jaw with him. The, the guy from Canada. What the hell is his Drake? Name? Drake. Thank you. Yeah. You were like, oh, they can put Drake in the front and they can, you know, interact with him that way and all that. He's at every game anyway. We were talking about doing it as far as having placement of a screen and things like that. If the NBA thought it was something that they could manage where they could have audio from the fans, they would do it. All you have to do is hit the unmute button on Zoom. It ain't that complicated. All right. Don't make it out to be like this is some... Um, breakthrough technology that the WWF is coming up with that because was, it's not. I, I'm not. That's that's what I was saying before. We have the technology. Why aren't these leagues doing something like this? It's is weird. The, is it's the weird WWF, is the WWF going to have to influx audio sound anyway? Yeah. 
okay, so what the hell is the point? They're going to mix it in with a thousand randoms that are in the crowd. At the end of the day, your product needs this. The NBA doesn't need it. Yes, you could put the robots in there too and the humping dogs if you want to do that like Japanese baseball and Korean baseball do. If you really want to do it, hey, that would really get people riled up. Now all of a sudden they're uh, they're Tesla here with the innovations that they're doing. No, they, they canceled the leagues and they've had nothing but time to figure shit like this out. They had to put out a show immediately after that. They didn't have to do anything. They decided to. They didn't have to put the product out. They absolutely did because it would have been a breach of contract with Fox. And then they would have lost $50 million a year or $500 million a year. Look, the hockey and NBA don't need to do this. WWF does. If they want to put out a product like this, then mazel tov. Go ahead and do it. The point is, other leagues are going to follow suit. I promise you. This is going to be a very cool thing, and other leagues are going to do it. So I'm just saying that good for them to try something different and not have to you know, watch something with the way we've been I, and, watching And I it. said good for them. I don't understand what these other leagues have to do with it. They don't have to do gimmicks. They don't have to have flashy lights. They don't have to have fireworks. And they don't have to have drones roaming around a guy's crotch in order to get to be legitimized. I go to see LeBron play. I go to see Kevin Durant play. I don't go to see like some idiot picking his nose on his couch and screaming or having a sign with Hulkamania on it. I don't give a shit if those people are there or not. It's cool. It- it's trying to do your best to recreate a live environment. And I think it's a cool thing to do. That's all I'm saying. I think you're missing my point with that. Sad to say... But Noel and I are getting old, and we've been looking for ways to sharpen our hand-eye coordination reaction speed, but also like to throw something around outside with our kids once in a while. Then we found this product, Hico Sticks. Hico Sticks has three prongs, three colors, throw it, call the color, and catch the color. Simple, right? It's way harder than it looks, and there are so many ways to increase the difficulty that challenges even the best athletes. For example, Odell Beckham, Alvin Kamara, Joe Burrow, just to name a few. They use it to take their training to the next level. So Hico Sticks is the winner of the Men's Health Award. Even though it's already being used across all major pro sports and college programs, doesn't mean it's just for the elite. It also has the national standard for K-12 physical education curriculum. With so many shutdowns and gyms closing, Hico Sticks is the perfect tool to add to your home workout. Or you can just make it a fun competition with your family, you know, while you're sitting at home. You can go to HicoSticks.com for more details. When you order, don't forget to use our promo code, BeltwayBros, and get 10% off your entire order. Catch Hico Sticks today. We're moving on to some Washington FT news. Yeah, I stole yours there. <laughs> on Monday, the team announced the signing of former NFL running back Jason Wright, who will be the new team president. He'll be leading all business divisions, including sales, marketing, operations, and finance, And this has been a vacant position since the team fired Brian LaFamina a few years ago. The big news here, though, is that Wright is the first black team president in NFL history. How the NFL has never had a black team president is unbelievable, and I don't even know how that's possible. What are your thoughts on this? I think that it's another step in the right direction. As far as his experience, I mean, he worked for McKinsey and Company. He was kind of doing the same type of thing. He was doing like global strategy and management and damage control within the company. So I think that's going to need to do plenty of that. And and he's, hey, he's got his work cut out for him. There's no (laughs) doubt about it. I don't care about race or creed. I think it's good. It, It brings more diversity to the table. And when you have diversity, you have more ideas. It should have been done a long time ago. I think the guy, based on his interviews and based on everybody that talks about him, raves about this guy. In his interviews, he's sharp as a tack. 
He's got a sense of humor. He's chill. And hopefully, the only the only concern that I have with it at this point is, what's Snyder going to do with this information? Is it strictly a PR move? Could be. But, hey, people do these things for certain reasons. Right or wrong, he's there. And let him do his job. And that's the only concern that I have. And I, I think that it's a good move. I like it. And he's a young dude. And I think that everybody, they all need this fresh blood. Like I said, it's a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I think that it is a concern about Snyder, of course. I mean, he had the the A-plus variety of team presidents in Brian LaFamina, and he didn't even finish the season. You know, so that is concerning. But what struck me about Jason Wright, how sharp he was, how yeah. sharp he is, I should say. He just seems like he's got it all together. Every interview I've seen, he's just so impressive. And the guy went to Northwestern, has his MBA. You mentioned, you know, the kind of work he's done. Uh, it's a little concerning to me that he's never worked in a NFL team outside of being a running back, you know, but it is a transferable skill set from what he's done before. I, like you said, I think it's great that the team is making diverse hires. That's why companies have diversity and inclusion programs, right. you know, because it's it's been proven that having only white males in the building is detrimental to your business. It's a good thing to have different viewpoints. And I'm glad Snyder did it. But another concern that I have is I hope Snyder wasn't the only one who interviewed him. I hope that this was multiple people doing this. I don't know what the process was, but Snyder tends to not be great at that. Who knows? Well, you have to, and I've said this about the Snyder situation before, you have to give this guy an opportunity to rectify the problem. Regardless if you hate him or not, he's the owner of the company. And so far, what Wright has said about the situation and how quickly they hired an attorney as far as the sexual harassment and everything else has been on cue. That's it. And regardless of what Daniel Snyder's intentions are, if they're all negative, let's just say for sake of argument, everything he's doing, he's like, you know what? I just got to put this shit out there just to look good. If that's the only reason why he's doing it, so far, it looks like he's doing the right things, even if he's doing it in his mind, all negative, okay? And from what the people have said that he's hired on, they seem excited. And we're going to be talking to Bram later. And Julie Donaldson was hired on. These people seem excited about the direction in which things are going. Whether it's happening from Snyder, whether it's happening from Rivera, whomever this is happening from, the foundation is being built for something different. And that's a positive. And we can talk about intentions all we want to. But as long as the product is there and as long as the people that are being hired on for are doing their job and doing it right and happy at doing it, I'm okay with it. I don't care about what the underlying reasons are. No, absolutely. I, I agree with that. But I just um, hope he gives him a chance to actually do his job and I do think it well and, and a chance to breathe a little bit. Absolutely. And I, I think that he will. I think that at this point... It would just be another shot in his own foot if he were to have that quick hook on guys like he had in the past. Because then it'll say, oh, same old Snyder. He just needs to step out of the way and allow people to do their jobs. And I don't think Snyder's an idiot. I think he knew he was going to be applauded publicly for these hires that he's made. Like he said, whatever his reasoning was behind it, and I think there, there definitely is a portion of that in the back of his mind. If I hire a diverse crew, it's going to look like Eh, it's not the same old Redskins, same old Washington football team, whatever it is. And my concern is that I don't know if he has the ability to know good talent versus bad. I think at this point, after the Washington Post article came out, it is everybody in a room. What the fuck do we need to do to get the hell out of this? We need ideas yeah. and start throwing them against a wall to figure out how the hell do we get out of this as unscathed 
as we possibly can. Everybody come in. You've hired PR people to say A, B, and C. This guy's probably got 10 lawyers, okay? You think he writes his own statements? Hell, he probably might have even brought his wife in to say, honey, help me. What do I need to do yeah. to look like a human again? And he has not surrounded himself with the same people. They're all gone. The people exactly. that exactly. gave him the, the bad advice. and Yeah, you just have to have a good surrounding cast. And I feel like he's done that. And I feel like Rivera has been a part of that. But like I've said, I hope that Rivera can get back to football and not have to deal with this. And hiring Wright is another piece to have Rivera maybe actually coach football. Right. And that's what I was going to say as well. Now he can focus on what he needs to focus on, you know, and that's what we need him to do. And hiring Julie Donaldson was one step closer. Now hiring Wright is the next step. And hopefully uh, this all works out and they've hired the right people. But again, hopefully for the right reasons. And we shall see. Uh, Next, we're going to get to our conversation with Bram Weinstein. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, please welcome the new voice of the Washington football team, owner of Empire Media and host of the Bram Weinstein Show, which you can catch daily from 3 to 6 on ESPN 630. The legendary, yeah, I said it again, Bram Weinstein. How's it going, Bram? I'm busy, man. (laughs) It's good, dude. That's a a good lead-in. I feel actually very proud of myself right now. Thank you for saying all those things. I'm very proud of myself today. Yeah, you should. You should. I, 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 don't, I don't know how much more I could add in there, but I, I must choke on my breath. There for a second. <laughs> really, congratulations, though. Thank you. Seriously, that, that was awesome news. And, you know, you looked a square in the face and you knew all along and you're a great poker player, man. <laughs> well, let's see. How long, how long I know? It took about 10 days for it to come out partially because it was waiting for lawyers to deal with contracts, which on my end, wasn't a big deal, but, you know, it just takes forever. And then we wanted to coordinate it with D'Angelo signing as well, so we'd say it all at the same time. So, like, you think I had a hard time with it. My mother knew that this was coming out and was, like, sitting on a grenade. And she oh, was like, man. I can't wait <laughs> to tell all my Yenta friends about my <laughs> son. I mean, it was just like... It was so, Sounds it like was our mom. Really yeah. Hard on her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That's awesome. Well, that's got to be, from a parent's perspective, I mean, that's got to be a proud moment, to say the least, yeah, right? I, so. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think, <laughs> There's a few you know, of them that, out there. That, yeah, yeah. She's, she did pretty well for herself, you know? Also, I wanted to mention that I'm, I'm going to kind of pat myself on the back on this one. Uh, when Larry retired, I text you. Do you remember what I said by any chance? Uh... <laughs> I'd be lying if I did because <laughs> I would say it if I remembered it. I was like, I can't explain to you how many correspondence I've gone through over the last week. But go ahead. What did you say? Well, it was when Larry retired. So it was prior to all this. So remember I said it was either you or Scott Van Pelt. That huh. were the only ones that made sense. And I told Nolan, a lot of other people, that you were going to be the guy without any kind of idea that you were the guy. I don't even think you knew at the time. I didn't, actually. I, I'd, li- I'd like to say that I'm... He hasn't made me forget it, Bram. Uh. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a savant. 
Uh, I, uh, I didn't know that then. I <laughs> yeah. obviously hoped I would be considered, but I didn't have any idea. And, you know, it, it, you know, obviously with the season coming up so fast, they were forced to make a decision really quickly. And fortunately, you know, I started talking to Julie pretty quickly after she was hired and we had a previous relationship, not a really deep one, but we had one. And, um, you know, we'd worked together a little bit on air and, you know, she's looking for something that's very different. So I feel like I kind of fell into something that, that really fit time and place for me. Like, I'm not a traditional play-by-play host, but we're not looking at this in a traditional manner. Like, we're trying to do something that's going to be a little more inclusive and social and organic. And, yeah, we got to call the game, obviously. So we got to describe everything. But I do think, like, what she was looking for, I kind of fit that bill a little bit. And so it really, you know, it, it really felt time and place. And then, as you guys know, like, I, I love the franchise themselves a child and so it's very emotional you know to get the position and um i'm really excited about it and we we haven't even gotten started doing you know mock games but we're going to start doing that soon and i'm i've been you know it was a crazy week and this has been a good week to kind of back up and just go i need to get to work now because that's how i do it and i i just need to really buckle down and i'm really excited about all of that that's awesome I, and i was thinking about this as well i mean you're the third play-by-play announcer in our lifetime for this franchise i mean th- that's insane if you really think about it kind of wrap your mind around it um when they asked me to give up a, a uh a statement you know for the press release i the first thing i wrote was since 1979 only two people have done this and so that's not you know that's not beyond me that it's a privilege it's an honor and it's it's a really an incredible legacy that two people did it for as long as they did that's in our business called a good run you know it's amazing and you know and you know the other thing that happened to me over the weekend was i actually spent about an hour on the phone with frank herzog and oh wow that awesome. was really cool you know to have the opportunity to talk to him and you know i'm sharing something with him that very few people have had the opportunity to do and, um, you know, I, I have a deep reverence for all the traditions of the team and I have a deep reverence for what he did. And when I was a child, I pretended to be him. And so this is all very surreal, you know, that it's happening. And, and he was incredible. I mean, unbelievably supportive on the phone. Couldn't have been nicer. Gave me 8 million tips about doing the job, all of which I take to heart. And I've told everybody, I've talked to a lot of the different play-by-play people in the area, like, I've talked to John Walton. I'm talking to a couple others around the NFL. I have a set up with Joe B. I talked to Buck Hans. Like, I want to learn how to do this well because this is very important to me that, it, that, it, that I just do this really, really well and that the fans are really happy with the broadcast. And I can promise you that after all this wave of attention is over with, I'm never going to make it about me. I don't want it to be about me. Like, I want it to be about the team. And I just want to put together something the fans are really proud of. And the fact that I'm even allowed to be part of it is really, is really, you know, the notoriety I need. That's it. Did you uh, ask him about a catchphrase? Because he always had the so, iconic touchdown Washington Redskins. What are you, we were debating on what to call a Redskins, uh, a Washington player, Washington F tier, or what, what, what do you call them? You know? Well, I mean, like we were just talking today, like, you know, at the end of, of, you know, there's these little mechanics when you do a game. I was talking to our producer today and I go, what's the branding on that? Because always like when Larry went to break, it was, this is Washington Redskins football or the right. Washington Redskins radio network. Well, what are we saying now? Like this is the broadcast <laughs> of the Washington football team. Like, I don't even know what we're saying. Yeah. And then with the TV call, like 
I, I was like, I, I don't think, I just haven't been around long enough to do this. I can't play around. But if it was up to me, I wanted to make up fake ones and put them out on Twitter and see, and like make really bad ones and just see people react to them. Like yell out, <laughs> like, this is a DCTD or something dumb, you know, and just see what people think DCTD. about it. DCTD. not bad. Dumb and see what they think about it. But like, I'm not going to do that. You know, That's a work in progress, right? It's a work in progress. And you know what? Actually, it's funny. I don't want to share a lot about what Frank told me, but one of the things he did tell me, and I didn't realize this, the touchdown Washington Redskins actually wasn't an original call for him. That was a couple seasons in before he started doing that. So that mm. actually put me at ease because, like, I, I don't want a catchphrase, but clearly whatever the touchdown call is should be consistent. So I don't right. – and I don't know what it's going to be yet. I haven't really thought about it, but, like, enough to, like, know what I would share that I would want to do. Um, but that actually made me feel better. Like, I don't think Steve Buckhans did dagger on day one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, hopefully, no, absolutely you know, not. hopefully we'll grow into it a little bit. <laughs> he definitely eased his way in. But yeah. until he well, it that sounds fight. better when it's organic anyway, and it's not forced. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good that's a good well, move. I, Just... went through, I went through ESPN. I'm not going to say who, but this, like, there were, you know, when you first go there, it's the same thing happens. Like, everyone's like, what's your catchphrase going to be? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of question is that? Like, I haven't made it up. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say during these things. And you got to have a catchphrase at ESPN, right? There were others that did, that came up there with canned, you know, catchphrases because they thought that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah. And that never works. I, for me, for the love of works. elevation, that's one of my all-time hated ones. Oh, and, my you God. Know, I actually, I deal with when I talked to Joe B about it, like, he actually had said something I thought that really resonated because he doesn't really have any kind of catchphrase. And he said... I look at myself as an accent piece to this, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not the game. Ovechkin's the game. Backstrom's the game. You know, the hockey's the game. And I feel the same way. Like I, I don't ever want to draw attention to myself. I just really want to draw attention to the players and the team and the franchise. Well, we have no doubt that you will be doing that, but I, I, I was curious about something. How did this happen? <laughs> I know this is, we're kind of switching gears here, but did you did you put your resume in like a normal job? No. I mean, did they contact you? Like, you how, did, know, how did this happen? Why would I tell yeah. you how to replace me five minutes after <laughs> I got the job? That's a ridiculous question to ask. No, uh, no, no. I, I'm I'm just curious. You know, it's 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 very interesting to me. And I, hey, I'm uh, a recruiter. I'm in staffing. This is the stuff I do. You know, uh, it's a unique position. Um, and you know, listen, there's a lot of people that'd be qualified to do it. Uh, and I would just basically say. I've been on air for 25 years. I've been largely probably most known for being connected to this team. So mm -hmm. I think that put me in a unique position to at least be given an interview. And fortunately I was. And in the end, only Julie can really explain why she chose me. And I'll leave that up to her to explain that. But I feel very fortunate that she did. I, I thought you kind of did it like they did on sports center dream job. Remember that reality show? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Where they, they had the screen up and they said, all right, Bram, go at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I went to her house and kidnapped her. And yeah, like, there you go. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. You, know? right. you said in your radio show, you don't have a ton of experience commentating on, you know, outside of a few college games that you've done. Yeah. What have you done to get prepared with D'Angelo and Julie? I know you mentioned that you haven't done the video, you know, the mock games or anything yet, but is there anything that you've done as of yet to kind of get comfortable with them? This could easily be famous last words. Okay. But okay. I really am less concerned about getting good at it. Like, I don't think I'm going to be really good at it initially. Like, I'm, I'm hoping for a little bit of patience because it is new. But it is new in mechanics, not mm -hmm. in ability. 
And it's hard to describe, but like I've done a lot, you know, in my career broadcasting. And I told the story to a few people, I'll say it to you too. When I was hired by ESPN, when I initially went up there um, and I was told I was being interviewed, I asked them for what? And they said as an anchor, and I had never anchored a show before. Oh, wow. And I laughed when I was sent there, but <laughs> it only took me, you know, time to learn. It's just difference in delivery and craft and nuance. And to me, like, once I get comfortable with the mechanics of it and the flow of it, I think it will get easier. But it is new. And I don't pretend that it isn't, which is why I'm feverishly calling every play-by-play person I know because I want tips. Like, I really want to learn how to do this right. And I think if given the time with some patience, I will do it right and I will do it well. But I'm going to need a little bit of time more than anything just to get used to the pacing of it. And I know that's that could be, you know, I could end up (laughs) sounding like, yep, he said he was getting a good head. He never did. But, uh, you know, but I'm I'm banking on and more than anything, it's because I just know for me. If I fail at this, I'll never get over it. <laughs> oh, man. I just yeah, kind of can't. You'll be great. Yeah, I just kind of can't not do this well. Otherwise, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> oh, I have God. to do this well. <laughs> I mean, everybody's kind of in the same situation that you are with the Washington football team. I mean, everybody's starting from scratch. Short season. You don't even have a preseason to prep yourself. The players yeah. don't either. The refs don't. Nobody does. Everybody's starting from I mean, it's it's boom. Week one, yeah. you gotta jump on it and go. So I guess everybody's in a learning curve. Right. And there's a new name and there's a new brand and there's a new coach and there's a new everything. Right. So I actually think that that's an advantage. Like I get to come in here. I don't think there's literal expectations of what you're going to hear. And I think that alleviates a little bit of the pressure. Like uh, so I, I'm hoping that that's how it, how it pans out. And the same way I talked to Julie about this, like Julie's never been in a radio booth either. And, you know, I said to her, I, I said to her the other day, I said, I'm really actually not worried about us doing well at this. It's just a matter of getting used to one another because we've both done this for so long. It's just a change in delivery. Um, and that is harder than it sounds or it looks. And I feel like it's going to take some time, but you know, for me, I'm really, I'm confident just because, I know how much I'm going to put into it that in the end, hopefully it'll get to a place where people are like, that's really good. I like that, you know, and, you know, but I may need a little time and, you know, week one against the Eagles with no fans in the stands, having had that's not crazy. a single game of practice with them beforehand, there may be a couple of mistakes, you know, here or there. And I hope people can understand that, you know, we're, we're, we're working to get it, you know, up and running as quickly as possible. Yeah. Don't let the R word slip. Okay. Well, we got a <laughs> jar out to that one. Jar <laughs> <is> out. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> um, speaking of which, have you and D'Angelo and Julie kind of figured out what roles they are? Because I heard Julie say that you're going to be the mediator between her and D'Angelo. Have you guys worked that out in the booth yet? Uh, not exactly. Like, I think we need to get some practice in. So I don't think we really know how it's going to really work. I mean, in the end, you know, look, like we have to describe the plays. This is going to be on radio. So there's no right. way around that part of it. Um, but we do want to approach it differently. And um, I think, you know, we're, we're going to get through some reps, but she, uh, she and he, in, in my view, are going to be way more prominently placed, if that's the best way to put it. And I'm all on board with that. Like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not in this for notoriety. I'm in it to do the job and because it'll be really fun and really incredible to do. And that's why I'm doing it. And I don't, I don't care about being seen as the, the first voice you hear or the prominent voice you hear. I really don't care about that. Like, I just I feel honored and privileged to do it. 
And so it's kind, of, it's um, kind of like with me and Matt, you know, he's yeah. the he's the background guy. And, and I'm, right. I'm like, right. I'm like Jordan, right. you know, right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. exactly. <laughs> right. It's exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just do the grunt work over here, you know, yeah. just, and then, and then Noel sits out. down and It'd looks be, pretty. Like, look, Julie really knows the team. And I think like, you know, for her, one of the things she's going to have to learn about and it's what's different than she's done in her career is there's just a very limited amount of time to get your point across. So she's going to have to learn that skill set that like what she wants to say that she typically does in a minute, she's got to do in 15 seconds. And that is a definite definitive skill set and we'll figure it out, but it's going to take a little time to, to do that. It sounds like it's going to be fun. I think so. I'm really excited for you guys and I'm really excited for the fresh start. I really am. And I'll be honest, I stopped listening to uh, football games on the radio many moons ago, but, and Matt does the pair ups with the TV and I'm a, the radio. I'm a real fan. You're a true I fan, like yeah, I guess. Yeah, and uh, right. but I'll get. I, I promise I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Thank you. I think yeah. <laughs> that, I might listen to you. No. Time, okay? I might, maybe. Right. Yeah, man. <laughs> I don't want your charity. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> One more before we let you go, Bram. It's, it's actually about the team. First day with the pads on today. I know you were at training camp. Anybody stand out? You know, with them actually being able to hit each other. So I was looking at uh, Antonio Gibson and, and Gandy Golden. I just wanted to see them. Um, yeah, and I, I didn't see much there. If you want to go with like who had a good day, and because I, I used to do this for a living, who had a good day? Um, Ronald Darby did um, actually, but like so, so that was actually interesting. But the two people that really stood out, one is Alex Smith. It's just ridiculous. He's on the field, right? Like, and unreal. he's and he's running around. And I don't know what the next hurdles are for him, but I'm done doubting him. And seeing him out there was fully unbelievable i've never seen anyone recover from something like that and the other one is chase young um he is much larger than most of the other people out there and <laughs> as far as first impressions go he is a monster and in our case a good one so you know this is the first time and i got to you know watch a lot of practice through the years this is the first time since i think lavar that I looked at someone and went, Oh my God, like <laughs> that guy is going to kill people. And um, we're lucky he's on our team. And I think they showed okay. some clip I saw earlier where he just manhandled some offensive lineman and tossed him aside. Number 79 yeah. or 76. It's yeah. just yeah. like, I mean, I you know, I don't want to, you know, it's like he was a child. They're practicing and that the reps aren't full speed and all that stuff. But just in terms of first impression, when you literally see him up close, you're like, Oh my God! It's like Shaq is playing defensive line for you, <laughs> and it's just—it's like, oh man! Like I'm so glad he's on our team. <laughs> but it's going to make you doing the announcing a lot easier if you have a guy that can showcase like that. That's for sure. Especially if they're getting stomped, and, yeah, especially if they're getting stomped yeah. in some of these games. At least you have something to look at. Hey, listen, I'm I'm trying to get the rose-colored glasses on. I don't yeah. think we're going to be that bad. No. So, you know. <laughs> Aren't you the one who laughed at me about the Super Bowl comment last time? Well, I'm, you don't have to remind people. I also didn't know I was going to be the play-by-play. -play yeah, play. exactly. Oh, there it is. Just, there it is. You know, fortunately, I have the ability to just erase episodes anytime I like. So. <laughs> right. Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, well thanks, Bram, yeah. so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Hey, congrats again on the new yeah. gig. And we look forward to hearing you on Sundays. Yep. All right, boys. See ya. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again to Bram Weinstein for taking some time with us today. Please listen to Bram's show daily on ESPN 630 from 3 to 6. As always, we're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. 
If you like this show, please share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook group. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a great Wednesday.